0: Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Quality Care Talks. Sponsored by the Health Facilities Association of Maryland, HFAM, Quality Care Talks explores leadership, innovation, and the critical issues facing long-term and post-acute care providers serving Marylanders in need. Whether you are a provider, vendor, or consumer, Quality Care Talks will help you navigate the complex and ever-changing healthcare industry.
1: Welcome, Jim Riley, to the HFAM Quality Cares Talks podcast. How are you?
2: I'm doing great today. How are you, Joe?
1: I'm doing great. Just for those of you out there listening to us today, this is the podcast of the Health Facilities Association of Maryland. I'm Joe D'Amatos, the CEO and President at HFAM. And today, we are incredibly blessed to have one of our friends and partners on, Jim Riley from Therapy Systems. Jim, thanks for making the time. My pleasure. Listen, I've got to ask you how did you end up as a leader and an executive in, in the medical equipment industry?
2: I guess you could say it was um, some combination of a little bit of dumb luck or fate. I started my career out in healthcare, but in the biologics, uh, regulatory, policy roles. And uh, as time went on, I was looking to do something new and a little more exciting. I've been here for a long time, and I ventured out looking for a business to purchase. Therapy Systems kind of almost found me, if you will. Uh, and the point that I knew it was uh, the place I needed to be, uh, you know, to take what I had learned about regulatory policy and, you know, leading, uh, leading at a, a broader level in industry was in that first week when uh, I was with the new owner and he was just kind of showing me the ropes of what he had done over the years and we visited two facilities um, on opposite ends of the world within our territory the first one we walked into and as we pulled up to the front door and we walked in this is the facility that my great-grandfather spent uh, the last few days of life the last few months wow Um, i thought that was pretty ironic uh and then we got in the car and we're driving back to to, the office and we got another call to go visit another facility, you know, the other end of our territory. And when we got there, that was actually where his daughter, and my grandmother, spent her final year or two of life. And I, I looked at him when we were walk, walking away at the end. I thought, you know, either you know, this was meant to be or it's a terrible disaster waiting to happen. So far, I've taken it as meant to be and I've tried to bring forward all the lessons I learned about how to think about the future and policy and you know, how the, the world responds and, and interacts with uh, us and bring it to our, to this business.
1: Jim, how long
2: ago was that now? That was just shy of three years now.
1: And you have to describe the solutions that therapy systems bring to the marketplace. How would you describe what it is that you do?
2: So when, when we look at the marketplace and the, uh, Kind of what are the, you know, what's the problem that we're helping our, our customer solve for? I don't know that it's per se a a new or novel problem as much as it's the same. Lots of, lots of businesses, if you will have it. It, It's about service. Our customers, the 200 or so, uh, skilled nursing, rehabilitation, post acute care facilities that we service uh, throughout Maryland, DC, our role is to have for them the equipment that a patient may need when they arrive. So when the hospital calls them and says, we're discharging a patient, he needs this specialized bariatric bed or this specialized support surface, wound pump, or whatever it may be, something we have, and they don't have in their normal inventory, they need to count on us, they can say yes to accepting that patient, and that within, basically immediately, we will have it on their doorstep and ready for the patient when they arrive. That's in a nutshell the problem we solve: is making sure they have what they need when they need it.
1: You know, Jim, I can speak not just as the president and CEO of HVAM, but obviously as a son who's guided, you know, his dad through that process as a patient. And I tell you, it's not just a relief and a service to the Skilled Nursing and Rehab Center that you are providing in terms of that resource or that customer service or the product that you're delivering. But, you know, it's just one less thing that the family member has to worry about, about dad or mom or sister or brother in terms of their arriving at the skilled nursing and rehab center, whether it's for post-acute care or long-term care, people go to these centers from hospitals and usually what got them into the hospital wasn't planned. You know, There was some emergency event and their lives were thankfully saved at the hospital. And they need to just get a little bit stronger before going home, Mm -hmm. or they need a longer period of time to figure out what the future is going to be. And in both of those cases, you know, the the skilled nursing rehab center has to have the equipment to provide quality care. You do that. And I guess what I want to point out explicitly to you is, as a family member, it takes a big burden off the families who are worried about the care of mom, dad, sister, brother.
2: It is, I mean, you know, effectively we have two very interrelated customers. It's the the patient, which is which we usually have a chance to meet at some point. But our frontline customer is the facility. You know, those facilities they do an incredible job, but they can't afford the you know often can't afford the capital investment, or don't have the the physical plant to manage all of the various pieces of equipment that they may need for any given patient on any given day. And that's where we come in. That's our, our role is to say, you can still say yes to admission. You can still do your best to take care of that patient. We can, if you will, acquire that equipment and then effectively become a sharing service across multiple facilities. And our job then is to manage the inventory properly so that we have it when they need it. It takes a, a burden off of those family members. The facility itself doesn't have to double think, okay, can we do this? Uh, and the admissions come, and there's there's not a lot of time for that. You get a call. They say we're gonna. Here's the patient. He'll be there at three or four or five or two a.m. We have to make sure they have it when they get there.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, it's incredible. Let me ask you: What gets you motivated in the morning? Why do you get up every morning? And it's still get to moment as opposed to a got to moment. What keeps you motivated in the morning?
2: Well, you know, I. Uh, you know, I'm in a fortunate position to, in the leadership of the company now that what really gets me up is, you know, generally a happy person. I look forward to the challenges that each day provide, but I don't get tangled up in the day to day. We have a great staff that does that. and The thing that makes me get up and go to work and not feel oh, I got to do this again, it's Monday, is that I get the chance to sort of provide a vision for the business in the future, see our customers and our staff prosper through that. And that's honestly what uh, motivates me every morning to get up.
1: So let's talk a minute again and check through that inventory in terms of the solution that you provide to our HFAM members and sort of check off the most likely pieces of equipment that you can provide for them. So BED is certainly one of them. What are the other one or two or three that you are often providing for our members who are then providing quality care for Marylanders
2: in need. So we have a a number of pieces of equipment, but if I had to list off really the top three important pieces, it's bariatric beds, and they come in a variety of sizes and shapes to deal with larger and smaller patients. Some extend width, some extend length, or both. Sometimes it has a scale. There are a variety, if you will, of options within that category. Support surfaces is probably our single largest area. And that could be, you know, explained as what's basically a, a very high tech mat- air mattress system. They can provide these for the patient to, you'll be rolled from side to side, if you'll a lateral rotation or an alternating pressure mattress, which has baffles in it where they move the pressure off and on between an A and a B cell to help the, the patient sort of move a, just a touch, just enough to avoid a bed sore. Or a low air loss, which provides a continuous flow of air to keep them cool and the, and the skin, the skin appropriately moist uh, without breaking down. And then there are combination maps that do multiple things at once. The third major item for us is a new item we introduced about uh, a year and a half ago now: negative pressure wound therapy pumps, which essentially would be attached to the dressing for a large wound that's being a challenge to heal. And it removes the exudate on a constant basis uh, until the wound is sufficiently healed that to uh, just be you know, dealt with the standard dressing. Beyond that, we have a list, you know, with, like many b companies, we have some wheelchairs and we have walkers and commodes. But those are not our driving issues. Those aren't really specialty items. The others are items that facilities have a hard time you know, maintaining in their own industry.
1: So Jim, I've had the real honor and privilege to know you over the last almost 4 years at Hfam and I'm aware that we share something in common and that we are um, association executives, you know, you've spent a long time as an association executive working on issues of public policy and healthcare all of which got you to today as the owner operator of Therapy Systems at this point, what do you consider your personal mission? You know, I
2: guess I never really thought about it as a personal mission, but I, I guess, I guess what you I could say is, uh, you know, I just enjoy seeing our staff, our employees, our customers prosper, benefit, accomplish new things, new heights. Whether it's for our employees and staff, just simply you know providing a good job, growth opportunities, and, and you know, helps them with keeping a roof over their heads and feeding their families, uh, to our customers who will benefit from the services we provide and add value to the patient population that they serve. I don't know if I would call that a mission or as much as just uh, something that I, I enjoy seeing accomplished on a day-to-day basis.
1: Outstanding.
0: You are listening to Quality Care Talks, produced by the Health Facilities Association of Maryland, (HfAM). We'd like to invite you to join us at the HFAM Leadership Institute on May 3rd, 2018 at the Hotel at Arundel Preserve. Sponsored by WGL Energy and Medline, the Institute's keynote speaker will be Maryland Secretary of Commerce, Mike Gill. To register for the HFAM Leadership Institute, please visit www.hfam.org. And now back to the conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Joe D'Amatos, the president and CEO of the Health Facilities Association of Maryland with our Quality Care Talks podcast. And today we are welcoming back as our guest, Jim Riley from Therapy Systems. Jim, welcome back. Oh, Thank you. What's your take? Are you bullish or bearish on the future of senior living and healthcare?
2: Oh, I, that's an easy one for me. Um, the answer is absolutely bullish. You know, I think uh, there's lots of naysayers out there, and there's lots of people that say there are incredible headwinds for this segment of healthcare. There's pressures to increase our IT systems on every level, both our customers as well as ours, dealing with electronic medical records and integration there, upgrading the quality of the facility so that it's almost like walking into a resort facility as opposed to a more traditional healthcare environment that we're all used to seeing Uh, and coming up with the capital to do all that in the, you know, under the pressure of everyone trying to control healthcare costs, bring it down at the same time, raising uh, both the, if you will, the visual as well as functional infrastructure and the quality of the care all simultaneously. So, you know, there's the pressure is there for form and function at the highest levels. Despite that, uh, I think you can look back at this, this segment of healthcare and say they have always risen to the occasion. They've always managed through those tough times and that makes it bullish. For those of us that are willing to, to dig in and make that happen, it will be, uh, will be an absolutely uh, incredible outcome for the patients we serve and the industry will continue to grow.
1: You know, I, I'm with you on that. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I weren't incredibly bullish on the future of post-acute and long-term care in Maryland. You know, there are 230 skilled nursing and rehab centers in Maryland. Most of them are an HFAM membership, and they really set a standard ahead of the country in providing quality care to folks that face multiple healthcare challenges. So the healthcare speak about that is our centers care for high-acuity patients with comorbidities, mm-hmm. right? So these are really sick people that have more than one healthcare challenge who otherwise would be receiving that post-acute care in hospitals. And so they're receiving that quality care in our centers at lower cost. And I think what most people don't realize in Maryland when they're looking at that post-acute segment is that on average, those patients are heading back home stronger about a month later.
2: mm mm-hmm. I think you're you're absolutely right. I, you know, if you read all of the news, they talk about home care and that there's just an incredible push to, to get people out of the hospital with the concept that they can all go home instantaneously. And I think the reality is that they're pushing them out so early uh, that if there aren't skilled nursing, if there aren't well, uh, post-acute facilities, that you would not be able to get the number of patients out of the hospital that you are. And what that means is there, it's, it's sort of like that step down before you actually get to the home care setting. And it, it is a growing segment, and it's something that I think uh, is is at least one of the solutions towards our cost pressures over health care and improving quality. I think uh, a lot of the services that they receive, that these patients need and receive, are much better delivered through in that post-acute facility uh, than they would ever be in a hospital or a home care setting
1: no agreed. hey listen i want to shift gears a little bit and talk about leadership and development and your evolution as a leader what role governing values play in your life or have they played in your personal and professional life
2: you know i, I guess that's uh I, I do have some some personal values my wife gets really annoyed when i would talk to my kids <laughs> about it uh sometimes they challenged her in the ability to, to uh, raise them the way she thought would have been maybe slightly more appropriate. And they, they came down to a few sort of simple or often silly values or quirky codes of guidelines. And they all sort of pushed you to always be challenging and doing, going a little bit farther and trying to do all the right things. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Please. The, uh, now we, we try to teach our children. They should grow up with the belief that you don't come fundamentally or with any intrinsic rights. That what you have in the world, at least in this country, is you have Privileges and and you earn those privileges every day by the way you behave, by the things that you say to people, the way you treat other people, uh, and if you approach life with that perspective that you don't have guaranteed rights, uh, and but you do have earnable privileges, that that fundamentally will make you a good person. Another one uh, that and I think this is the one that probably challenged my wife the most uh, is that sometimes it is better to ask forgiveness instead of permission. I think this rule. As the trumping, if you will, probably not a good choice of words in today's environment. But the uh, <laughs> the old, the ultimate challenge, though, is, is if you choose forgiveness, is you have to make sure that whatever decision you made is the right decision. And right isn't always necessarily what's in your best interest. So that's a challenge one, oftentimes. And somewhat related to that same concept is deciding in life whether you were or on a given issue, whether it's your profession or your personal life. Or on just uh, you know the challenge of the day, is, is there are people who just are followers? They will follow the rules and they will do an, an incredible job. There's also people who are rule makers, and that's where the leaders come from. And you know you just have to decide which one of those two are you going to be on any given day, or in your profession or your personal life. But it all ultimately has to come back in this challenge with the question of did you do the right thing, and whether the right thing was in your personal best interest or not is not a relevant part of that question and i don't know if that makes sense to anybody but that's kind of the way i've approached things through most of my life it's a way that uh, i think our kids are doing a pretty good job of it although that when they're learning those rules they clearly make lots of mistakes that's where my <laughs> wife would provide a, a fair amount of guidance and over overarching uh parenting if the will, to all to both our boys and myself sometimes
1: Well, it's in the mistakes that you really do the best learning. So, no, I I think all of those governing values resonate with me. Hey, um, what do you consider urgent in your personal and professional lives? What's urgent?
2: You know, on the professional side, urgent to me right now is to to make therapy systems really a valued partner to our our employees and our customers. On the personal level, got a couple of great kids who are really actually adults with grandchildren. Uh, watching them and helping them, guiding them through becoming great parents and then grandchildren growing up and being prosperous and so on is important to us, but I don't know that it's a day to day urgent issue.
1: I got it. So one last question. I know from my conversations with you that you have been a lifelong learner who has benefited from both being a mentor and a mentee. Tell me about an important mentor in your life.
2: Probably, there's probably two that actually rise to the top. One, one is my wife. Uh, she's just always been there, you know, kind of the, behind me with support and wisdom, sometimes caution, and just helping me make some of the tougher decisions that get made in, in life. And the other is my father, who was both my boss initially and ultimately my business partner. Uh, he taught me, I mean, obviously an enormous number of things. There's one that always came back to one lesson he just, he, if he repeated this to me once, he repeated it to me a thousand times. And it's really ultimately been something that just has helped me to get to where I am. And it was all about communication. He taught me constantly or repeated to me constantly. Every time you have a conversation with someone, every time you communicate with you, whether it's verbally or in writing, that you have to say to yourself, what did I say? What did I mean? And what did they hear? And then reconcile those things. And if, the, if it's going the reverse ways, you know, you're saying to yourself, what did they say? What did, what did I hear? What did I think they really meant? And I, it's become almost a natural process for me. So I'm having a conversation. I'm always sort of thinking, not just the words they use, but what's, what's their personal background? How do they use language? What are they trying to say to me? And that helps you respond appropriately and, and in some cases become that valued partner or. Be able to respond you know, appropriately to what truly of concern to them, or what you express, what you truly need them to hear. Beyond that, there's probably a dozen or so very close personal and professional friends. I've learned particular ideas here and there from. And there's a, I guess, another value I'd say for life with is you try to learn from everyone the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's something to be learned from every interaction you have. Picking that
1: nugget out is the key. Well, Jim, I'm going to share a lesson that I learned from some of my mentors, and that is effective leaders push the pause button. And, uh, you know, I'm going to push the pause button now and just tell you and feed back to you that your lessons just now about being intentional, effective leaders are intentional about what they say, what they mean and what they think was heard in the communications in which they interact, and they take the time to uh, plan on that and reflect on that. Let me just tell you, that is powerful advice, and your dad did you well to give you that advice.
2: Uh, it certainly has come in handy, you know, in every way, shape, and form for my career. So I, I, I
1: guess
2: I can't say thank you to him enough.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think so. So, Jim, how can people reach out to Therapy Systems? Where can they find you? Let's do a little plug here.
2: Okay. Well, Therapy Systems is uh, headquartered out of Annapolis, Maryland, although we service literally the entire state of Maryland from the far reaches on the western side to the eastern shore and north and south uh, down into Virginia as far as Richmond. And north, we don't typically go across the PA line, but most most of the state. So, Hickward of Annapolis, Uh, they can reach us by phone. It's uh, 410-263-5557 or me personally via email at J-E-R-E-I-L-L-Y at therapy-systems.com.
1: Well, Jim, thank you very much for making the time today. And thank you for the support that you've shared and shown for HFAM, you know, all these years, it is our 75th year and we're going strong and we look forward to another 75 years going ahead. And we can only do that if we have the Jim Rileys of the world and therapy systems be the resource that you are to our members, the people in their care and to HFAM. So I got to genuinely thank you. Thank you very much.
2: Well, I appreciate that, Joe. And, and, uh, you mentioned earlier that my background included starting in the policy side through associations. And I mean, I, it was probably the very first thing I did when I took the company over was to find what's our relationship with the, the society or the association. What can we do to help? Uh, the getting effective change throughout an entire industry really can't come about without it truly effective association in place. And 75 years is an incredible run. So I think a lot of credit goes to you and your forerunners in that. Uh, And I just appreciate you
1: uh, allowing me to be a part of it. Thank you so very much. For those of you listening, you've been listening to Jim O'Reilly from Therapy Systems, Joe D'Amatos, the president and CEO of HFAM, the Health Facilities Association of Maryland. And you've been listening today to HFAM's Quality Care Talks. Remember to subscribe, like it, and to share it. And until we talk again, be well.
0: Thank you for joining us on Quality Care Talks. We would love your feedback on today's episode. Please be sure to rate us on iTunes. And don't forget about the upcoming HFAM Leadership Institute on May 3rd, 2018. Register today at www.hfam.org. We hope to see you there. Quality Care Talks is produced by the Health Facilities Association of Maryland, the state's oldest and largest association of skilled nursing and rehabilitation centers. For more information, visit www.hfam.org or send us an email at hmorrishfam.org.